this is Nadine. This is John. And this is Dan. And this is She's Not a Slut Yet. This is a podcast about three friends watching cult movies and drinking together. This week we'll be reviewing Dan's pick, Office Space, which was released in 1999. So I just want to remind you guys, my mom brought this up because I, I guess, I don't know if she knows what how podcasts work. By the time she gets this episode, I'm sure she will. But she told us to change our name because people with kids can't listen to us in the car. Just want to let you guys know, this is definitely a podcast for mature audiences only. If the title of the podcast did not give you that hint, I'm telling you right now, the cursing that we did in the beginning episodes didn't give you that L- hint. Listening I'm, I'm to sure me you. while we talk, <laughs> listening to me and Nadine, well, Dan's kind of pure at heart. He's not that bad. <laughs> But, That's like, right. me and Nadine chatting back and forth is just toxic. And, oh, it's great. So, yeah, no kids. Also, just so you guys know, I'm recording outside because I'm watching my grandmother. She gets confused when she hears people talking. I told her I went outside to take a phone call. So she shouldn't come in on the podcast. She might. If you hear horses and cars, that's that's why. <laughs> She's right next to a horse farm and a busy street. <laughs> I mean, she may become the first 99-year-old podcaster ever, but... That's that's fair. (laughs) I just love the idea of just, you know, horses walking by while we're doing our podcast. It's very true. (laughs) Yeah, like, I have have a horse that's literally staring at me right now. He's staring me down, like, in front of me, like, a couple hundred feet away. You're not a horse. What are you? (laughs) (laughs) He's actually... He's here... His owner's here, like, every day taking care of him and he's wily like if you walk up to the gate he'll start running around like expecting you to run with him it's he's he's out there anyway <laughs> Alrighty, so we're actually going to start this podcast now uh dan go ahead and give us some box office stats all right so this movie released in 1999 so right before the 2000 craze and that's actually pretty relevant when you come to the movie but as far as box office goes it was a 10 million dollar budget domestically this movie made 10.8 million and then worldwide, ten point eight million. So I mean, yay, we got eight percent return. <laughs> well, domestically, and then in our world, yeah. So no, yeah, it, it, it made got, it got like barely over what it, it barely broke even basically. Um, as far as awards go, this movie won one award and has two nominations. But if you look at the uh, critic reviews and the fan reviews, um, it's not doing too bad. It has seven point seven stars on IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes, it has 80% for the critics' review, and then an 83% for an audience review, which I'd say is low, but hey. You cherish this movie, and you you enjoy this. Nadine, give me some uh, interesting movie facts. So you got it. So the iconic red stapler coveted by Milton, the guy who mumbles all the time, was created for the film by the prop department. They needed a bright enough color to be seen on camera, and they chose red. After the film was released, Swingline began to receive requests from customers for red staplers. They actually stopped offering red staplers like several years before so they made a decision to start actually making red staplers again just specifically for the fans of the movie one of the promotions for this film invited people in certain cities to watch and participate in the bashing of office equipment there was also an internet campaign that linked to a website where people could expose their bad bosses which i think is pretty cool but i doubt that's still uh, a thing as of October 2018 the term ass clown was officially entered in webster's dictionary creating writer mike judge for first using it in office space, which I thought was fucking funny. Wait, wait, no, no, that's bullshit. Hold up, hold up. Ass, I'm Googling this right now. Ass clown. No, it's in the fucking dictionary. <laughs> we teach John new things sometimes. I know, all the time. In one memorable scene, Michael Bolton laments having the same name as the singer, calling him a no-talent ass clown. In 2015, the real Michael Bolton appeared in a Funny or Die video. He was digitally inserted into several scenes from the movie, replacing his namesake character. He repeated the lines verbatim, with one exception. He called himself an extremely talented ass clown. The movie's incredible 2000 uh, success on home video, where it not only made much more money than it had in its theatrical release, and earned enough to make the film a nice profit, but outperformed higher earnings films, also released by 20th Century Fox, came as such a surprise that the studio wasn't initially aware of it. They actually learned about it in an interview on live television. That's how they figured out that the 
the movie was a success. <laughs> that's, that's actually, uh, I mean, this was before the really, really big part of social media, so I guess that's possible. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so the film is loosely based on Mike Judge's animated shorts entitled Milton, which ran on Saturday Night Live and MTV's Liquid Television in the early 1990s. So everyone's favorite mumbling character, he was actually the star of the show for that comic strip. The set for Tchotchkes is actually the restaurant at the Alligator Grill in Austin, Texas. The Alligator Grill did close down as of 2009, which was the year I graduated high school, guys. (laughs) The directory that the bank software virus is stored on is CDEF, is a virus that dates back to 1990 and affected only Macintoshes. So, you know, fuck you, Dan. (laughs) You see, apples do get viruses. Don't try me with that garbage. It's just nobody wants or cares enough to hack into an Apple computer. That's the only reason why there isn't that many viruses. Yeah, that's why. That's why the, this one, is, the reference in this, is like even at the time the movie was made, is like nine years old. Nobody cares if it's an Apple computer. Tachkis is a takeoff on the popular TGI Fridays restaurant chain, and. Um, they actually, TJ Fridays, after this movie was released, because they got bashed so hard and made fun of so hard for having their people wear, like, buttons and stuff like that, stopped making their waitresses and waiters pins, buttons, those bright, shiny lights that flashed on their flare, basically. But I don't think they called it flare Fridays. That's actually hilarious. I didn't realize it was... Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense now, looking back, but that's actually funny. <laughs> Just bashing a restaurant and moving, they felt so bad. They're like, you're right, we probably should remove these. So Tchotchkes gets its name from the Yiddish word meaning a cheap trinket or knick-knack. So I thought that was pretty fucking funny. <laughs> I added that in. Alrighty, John, take us away with the synopsis. All right. Let's see. Let me just, uh, oh, there's a lot of names in here. All right, guys. Well, um, the names of characters. Good luck. Uh, The movie opens to show Peter, Michael, and Samir stuck in traffic on their way to work and Milton mumbling at the bus stop. The scene then shifts to Peter sitting at his desk when his boss, Loomberg, comes to his desk and asks him... How do you get that wrong? How do you fucking get that wrong? I don't know how I got... (laughs) Loomberg... (laughs) Loomberg came to his desk to ask him why he didn't submit a cover page for his TPS report. Then another of Peter's bosses stops by about the TPS report, and he was called about the TPS report again. Frustrated, he and two workers go for lunch at Chotsky's, where his crush works at. As they get back from Chotsky's, they stop by, um... Smikowski. Oh, good lord. <laughs> I know, but it's so hard to look at that. Um, Smikowski? Smikowski, yeah. Smikowski. To let him know that Inotech is downsizing because they're bringing in consultants. The guys are like, no, and didn't believe him, even though as though he cries wolf often. That night, when Peter gets home, his neighbor Lawrence yells through the wall about a naked chick on the TV. The two then talk about Peter possibly having to work Saturday, and Lawrence tells him he can get out of work in the weekend by leaving before his boss stops by. The next day, Peter's like, oh yeah, and tries doing just as Lawrence suggested, right as Milton tells him over the phone that he will burn the building down if they take his stapler and... <laughs> Gee, I forgot about that. He says it like seven times and nobody takes him seriously. I know! <laughs> you kind of have to like be listening to the movie to actually hear it. <laughs> like... Oh my god. It'll burn the building down if they take his stapler and move his desk again. Peter wasn't really listening to this, neither was I, apparently. And hangs up desperately, trying to leave before Lumberg gets to his desk. Of course, Peter is unsuccessful and leaves to see the hypnotherapist with his girlfriend, Anne. That night at the therapist's office, Peter explains his issue and the therapist puts him in a trance to distress him, but never takes him out as the therapist dies from a heart attack during hypnotherapy. <laughs> to which I, I'm kind of curious why that happened, but I'm pretty sure he just like saw something traumatizing in Peter's heart or something, but I don't know. Instead of going to work Monday morning, Peter decides to go to Chotsky's to ask out the waitress Joanna, who he has a crush on. Meanwhile at work, the two consultants, Bob and Bob, are interviewing people to see who they are downsizing. As the Bobs do that, that's great, Nadine, Lumberg makes Milton move his desk again and takes his red swing line stapler. After his lunch with Joanna, Peter goes to his interview with the Bobs and completely charms them into thinking the whole company needs to change without even trying. After Peter successfully interviews with the Bobs, the scene switches to Joanna getting hassled by her boss about her flair, even though she's wearing the minimum of what's is required. The scene then shifts back to Bob, 
Bob's as they talked to Lumberg and his higher-ups about who they're letting go right after telling them Milton was supposed to be fired years ago. Also, they have decided they will just stop paying him. <laughs> and the Bob's start interviewing Lumberg about his job. From there, it is basically a montage of Peter coming in when he wants to, hanging out with Lawrence and Joanna, and Lumberg getting the shit into the stick when it comes to Peter's decisions, which honestly is some of the best montages I've seen. That, though he does have fun by making Milton move his desk to the basement after not paying him for weeks worth of work. Peter has another meeting with the Bobs, and they inform him that they're going to, be le- they're going to let go of Samir and Michael, and give him a promotion. This really doesn't sit well with Peter, so he informs them of what's going to happen, and hatches a plan to farm money out of the company quickly using the code Michael knows. It takes him some convincing, but both Samir and Michael agree to the plan. As the guys follow through with the plan, they find out that Mikowski tried to kill himself, um, decided to live... Because his wife caught him mid-act, and he's like, ah, everything's fine. Reverses out of the driveway and gets hit by a drunk driver, and because of that, made a lot of money out of it. After Samir and Michael get fired, Peter gives them the printer from the office that drove them crazy. <laughs> they all take turns beating it with a bat, elbow-dropping it, and punching the shit out of it. <laughs> Great scene. After Samir and Michael leave, Joanna comes over and somehow gets Peter to admit the plan they had. The plan doesn't really sit right with her, and she calls Peter out on it, but he says, that, yeah, we'll talk about it later, as they're going to Mikowski's barbecue to celebrate his lawsuit. While there, Peter finds out that Joanna slept with Lumberg and immediately confronts her about it, even though it was something that happened years ago. The next day, Joanna quits her job after getting hassle about a flare again, and Peter finds that Michael fucked up the code for their money-stealing virus and give them a little bit, of mo- little bit more money they're expecting. As the guys panic about the fuck up, Milton is skipped on the birthday cake at Lumberg's birthday party and is asked to take care of the cockroach problem in his basement that is now his office. As Lumberg is telling him this, one of the Bobs find out about the money missing. As the Bobs try and figure out what is happening to the money, the guys try to figure out how to launder the money, and Peter finds that, that the Lumberg Joanna slept with was, was from Inatrobe, but not his boss. To try and lessen the messy cause, Peter decides to, ch- to return the check with a written confession in Lumberg's office. Before he drops it off, he makes up with Joanna and lets her know he'll probably be getting away for a while. The next morning, before Peter gets to work, Milton has finally hit his line and burns Inutech to the ground, essentially saving Peter's ass for the money he stole. Peter realizes when he shows up that it was Milton who burnt down the bur- building as he had said he would many times and grins. The scene then shifts to see Peter working with Lawrence cleaning up the burnt rubble. As Peter works, Samir and Michael show up and offer him to get him a job at at Inatrobe, and he declines the three-part ways, and Peter happily goes back to work. The movie ends with Milton on a beach in Mexico after cashing the check that Peter left in Lumberg's office, stuttering and complaining about his martini. I just want to be... Okay, guys, I just want to be completely honest. I fucking love Milton. <laughs> the best character. I love like, him. Milton is is just is literally the reason why. Like, he's literally the reason this movie is good. I don't know if I should admit this or not, but people used to say I sounded like Mil- Milton in uh, high school. But... Oh, that's just straight bullying. That's, <laughs> that's just mean. That's actually hilarious, though. I'm glad that what you're if you know me kind of enjoyment right now. Um. Oh my god. <laughs> so John, there was a couple things in there that I thought you would think that was really funny. Milton aside, how did you like like Samir? Because I feel like he was pretty funny. I fucking loved him. He's just an angry motherfucker. Like he's just like fuming about being in traffic, and then like he's just attacking the fucking printer. He's just always angry all the time, and it's just like I feel like Michael it, Bolton's a. Uh... Just okay, as- I feel like Michael Bolton is just like your stereotypical. Haha, I'm a you know I'm a nerd geek and uh, I have I'm angry about things, but I'm too much of a pussy to do things, you know. But Samir, I feel like you snap him the wrong way, he'll break your neck. Like that's the type of person he is. But I also love that like when, when there's like the one scene where like they ask him like what he would do if he had a million dollars. Like, well, like if at first I'd give I'd talk to my brother, I'd invest in the right places, and he's like, no, that's not the point. But he's like, no, I, this is what I would do with a million dollars. I'd like make sure it lasts. Yeah, I, smart move. Though. I have to say, speaking of that million dollar thing, I have to say I really, really yeah. liked the uh, the the that thing that um, Peter brought up. It was like, oh yeah, my high school teacher or middle school teacher, whatever the fuck teacher it was. It was just a one liner. Um, said like, oh, what would you do with a million dollars? And someone was like, oh, I'd like to work on a. If I had a million dollars, I would 
like to work on older cars, you know? And, you know, he's like, uh, what is it? He's like, I want to work on older cars. And the teacher was like, well, if that's the case, you should probably be an auto mechanic then, you know? It's like it decides your career aptitude based on what. And then I just kind of thought about it, paused the movie, and just just kind of digressed. I'm like, what would I do with a million dollars? I and then I realized I related to Peter a little bit too much, and I was like, probably nothing. Yeah. No, like <laughs> I would do shit. I, I like, <laughs> the thing about this movie is like, I feel like at one point in your life, you've always wanted to like do what Peter does, just like, just go into the work and say fuck it, and then what you get as a result, is basically everything working out in your favor. So, I have a confession to make. Um, I felt that way. I kind of still do. And I still come in sometimes like, eh, fuck it, nobody cares. And yet, I still get praised for the work I do and everything, and it's all working out in my favor, and I'm like, <laughs> fuck, I'm Peter! It's fuck. a dream! Honestly, <laughs> dude, me, I'm Peter. I fucking hated that job. Okay, the last six months that I fucking worked there, I did just enough not to get fired. Like, I hit my limit, and that was it. Because I, I didn't want to, like, I was helping out my coworkers, but, like, I didn't have to do, like, more. Because they weren't paying me enough to do more. I was told I was allowed to, I was going to get other things. So I was literally Peter. So I was like, fuck it. I'm at my fuck it, Peter. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. I, I want a better job. Uh, did you even intend to, to say a line from the movie there? What? That you're, you're going to do just enough not to get fired. No, I didn't. No, I think she just she just said <laughs> something and didn't realize that she quoted the movie. Yeah, but no, I just I I have to be honest. Like, I feel like this movie is a direct representation of what how everyone in the office wants to go in to work like one day, but can't because they know that you know it is what it is. Everyone yeah. has a shitty boss. Everyone has coworkers that have anger management issues, and you know everyone hates their job. Like, if you work in an office job, nine out of ten times you're probably gonna hate it. Because that's just how office jobs are. You put up with it. But, you know, it's just like everyone's dream is to do exactly what Peter does. And then in the back of your mind, you're like, man, I really wish I could, come, I could come to work and fucking break down my cubicle and say, fuck it, and drop everything on the floor. Like, I'd love to just say, screw the dress code and walk in. Got right in front of his boss. Like. <laughs> I honestly... And then just, like, eating Cheetos on the desk in front of his boss. <laughs> I honestly wouldn't care that much if I had, like, a desk job. I probably would like it more than working in customer fucking service. That was the issue. It was talking to people all day, in and out, over the fucking phone. I couldn't do it anymore. Oh, my God. Nadine, that reminds me of, like, the very first scene in the movie. One of the first scenes when he's working at his desk. And then you just hear, what's her face? Is high pitch. Nina. Horrible. Horrible question. Hi, how are you doing? And I'm just like, what is that? Just a moment. That's that's just a moment. That, they gave they gave me so many flashbacks of call center days. I don't want to ever go back. <laughs> I, was, I was literally gonna I, have a breakdown. I was like, no. It's like, so traumatizing. <laughs> like, I feel like I related more to this more to this movie than I actually enjoyed it, and that's the problem. I was like, ah. But it's I, it's a comedy. It's a comedy, right? And it goes down the same track as every other 1990s movie. There's a hot girl, which is, you know, up up, up for debate. I wasn't... I didn't think she was that attractive. But, oh my god, if that actor comments on this video, I'm gonna hang myself. There are gonna be comments, because fucking Jennifer is beautiful. Have you seen I apologize. Her? <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> oh my god. Her legs alone, man. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just, okay, you know She's what? She's ageless. Like, if Seriously. you watch any recent movie... Okay, you know what? If I want to... I don't want to date a fucking vampire. Like, nah, grow with me. Okay, I don't know why I'm going down this route. But anyways, like... What was the original topic I was saying? You think she yeah, it, was a, it was a it was a typical '90s plot where there's yeah, an attractive female that the guy goes after have, or something. Thank you. You have an attractive girl. You have a guy that suddenly changes or gets an ability or something amazing happens to him. You have the the angry friends that are all like exploited for the for the uh, protagonist's benefit. Always, it's just like. This I mean, movie is the epitome of a '90s movie. That's really what it is. Eh, I mean, it is. It's, it's very '90s. Like I, I will give you that. It's. It's. You can tell it's from the '90s because just from like the references of the time, like 
the, the Y2K music. thing, updating yeah. their technology before the millennium. It's a because yeah. it's like a tech heavy movie from the '90s, so like you get a lot of that '90s tech nerd lingo. <laughs> like the so, voicemail system, press yeah. button, boss, press button, boss. Man, I forgot that those things existed. Yep. Oh, that's good <laughs> shit. Um, I think uh, I think the best parts of this movie is just relating to the stuff that uh that is in the movie more so than actually like the comedy and humor of the movie itself. Like there were some funny moments, but I think it was just more relatable than anything else. Yeah, which it's... is kind of sad considering that I should be relating to something like that. I don't know, man. Well, I that's feel the thing. Like... It's, it's it's very relatable, but like the comedy is it's it's a dark comedy. You don't realize it, but it's like there's a lot of like messed up stuff that that happens in the movie. Oh yeah, go into it. I don't know, like the fact that like everybody's kind of just living a mundane life, worried about their job. Um, kind of uh, the whole premise of the movie is the guy goes into hypnotherapy, where the guy, the hypnotherapist, dies. Um, he goes into work kind of all willy nilly. All these things go down where, like, everybody's getting fired at his job, and then ultimately the one guy that gets fired burns the building down. So it's kind of a very dark story if you look <laughs> at, like, the, the key plot points. But it's it's hilarious. To, to me, it's, it's, it's hysterical. It is pretty funny, and I do love the fact that Lawrence, the next-door neighbor, is one of the dopey friends from the Drew Carey show. Do you guys remember that show? <laughs> I'm sorry, am I old enough to have been watching that show growing up? Probably, I don't remember when it stopped. I think it was in the 2000s when it stopped running. Uh, probably not. Um, no, I don't I don't remember it, but speaking of, my second favorite character is definitely Lawrence. Oh, Lawrence is awesome. Lawrence is fucking hilarious. The fucking, the fucking mustache, dude. And the fact that he's like... I, at first I thought, like, oh, dude, he's kind of like a sexist pig, but no, he's he's a very self-aware pervert like pervert pervert because <laughs> this thing is like when he uh was like saying like oh what would i do with a million dollars this thing is like i, I want to do two chicks at the same time but he's also self-aware enough to know that like the only way he would get two chicks at the same time would be if he had a million dollars it's like <laughs> chicks like he money. knows he's not that attractive that like that would just be the kind of thing he would still look so i don't know man i'm pretty, know. pretty sure like him being like oh dude Peter, you gotta look at this chick on TV. Damn it, Lawrence. Dude, if you wanna say something, just come over, man. I like, just screaming yeah, through he... the thin ass drywall. That made me laugh. And the fact and the other scene when they like they tell their plan and he hears them and he's just like, Don't worry about me. He's like, Oh, you don't gotta worry about Lawrence. He's cool. Oh yeah, you don't, know. Yeah, you don't have to worry about Lawrence, he's cool. He's whatever. I love how they didn't question that any farther. Like, can we see him in person so we know he's cool? Like No, it's just like, oh, yeah. he's just Lawrence. Yeah, he's Lawrence. Alright, I understand. Don't protect your core at all. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and honestly, like, so a scene where Lumberg, he, where Peter dreams of Lumberg fucking Joanna, <laughs> that fucking killed me because he had the coffee mug the whole time. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Repeat that? You didn't see that scene? No, yeah. repeat it because I, I wasn't listening. <laughs> you bitch. Uh, I was saying, when fucking Lumberg, the scene where Peter was dreaming about Lumberg's fucking Joanna. Yes! Yes! I thought it was... I'll be he has the glasses and the, and the I was, I'll like... be completely honest. I was watching that, and, like, I thought he was fucking Peter. And, like, <laughs> Were you really high? Confused. Like... <laughs> I don't know why, but I thought he was fucking Peter. And I was really confused. I was like, uh, what is going on here? Why is why is Peter's leg up in the air? Like, oh. Um. <laughs> and then I realized and it clicked. I'm like, oh, okay. But like, you, what kind of dream is that? I was just like thinking, oh, getting fucked by your boss. That sucks. I just would like to say that the cast in this movie is actually like, there's a, a couple people in there that are pretty famous. You got Jennifer Aniston, the guy who plays Peter, I can never remember his name, but I've seen him in a million things. You have fucking Dr. Cox in this fucking yep. uh, movie. You also have Lawrence. I know you don't know who this is, but I remembered the Drew Carey show. What his name was in the show, but he was in that. I played Lumberg because I've seen him. I've seen him before. Yeah, Lumberg. Lumberg I've seen a couple places. He's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's a uh, well, both Lumberg and uh, 
Milton are in dodgeball. They are. That's that's yeah. that's where I remember them. Yep. Yeah. Um. Also, uh, dude, the one thing that I caught on to immediately watching this, the fucking hair, the hairstyles in this movie. Nineties. Oh my god. I. I... <laughs> I mean, they just look like hairstyles to me, but... Nah, dude. They... Okay, so, I didn't grow up in the 90s. I grew up in the very early 2000s. Like, that's just... I grew up 15 years ago. Because you're a baby. Right? Oh, I'm a baby. Okay, so that's I a generation... Know about too. It's like, the guys with the longer hair with, like, the kind of the part in the, mi- in the middle, like... Oh, the, oh, my God. Like... Yeah. I couldn't stop relating this to literally, like, The Office for that very reason. Um, I don't, I don't know why, but maybe it's that. But um, the hairstyles they were just horrific. They were so weird. Well, did did you mention this in the interesting facts that like the when they first tried to take the office from like the UK to to the US, like they asked the director of this movie to do it, but he said no just because he didn't want like to to have it seem like a continuation or like a sequel to a office space, even though he's, he's had like multiple offers to like either do the office or like make se- a sequel to this movie because it has such like a big falling after it's like initial run. But he's just I like, to, no, you know what? I have to actually respect that. Yeah. Um, that the director was like, no, I'm not going to release another movie. Um, this has such a good following. I'm not going to try and milk it for what it is. Yeah. That's actually very respectable. Saying to you to Disney, motherfucker. <laughs> Jesus Christ, so much aggression. Okay, wait. Smykowski's jump. They to ruined my boy Lion King. Sorry. Anyway, the jump to conclusions, Matt, that Smykowski makes, I, I, it sounds like a horrible idea until you think of it as like a drunk game. Like if you're trash and you're playing that game, you might actually have some fun. <laughs> what? Okay. How much other stupider shit has come out in the last like twenty years that? makes even less sense. Right. Um, 90% of the shit that goes on that one show, pitch your business idea or whatever it is. Shark Tank? Oh, I have a bottle, I have a bottle that refills itself. Yeah, Shark that. Tank. Or, I have a drink that prevents you from drinking when you can't drink. It's just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I was just, just thinking about it. But, um, yeah, I... T- the jump to conclusions, Matt, is a pretty funny idea. But I think what's funnier than that is how he was immediately just completely shut down. They were like, it's the dumbest <laughs> idea ever. They even gave him shit for the pet rock. And I was like, well, he's got a point. The guy made like a million plus dollars. Like, it seems like a bad, like a dumb idea until people actually give you money for it. And then you're like, all right, well, it wasn't that dumb of an idea because I'm making fucking money. Like, I'm, he made a million dollars. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine going to an interview and they're like, so what was your biz- biggest success for life? Well, I became a millionaire by selling rocks. <laughs> for real. Dude, the, the, that's like the marketing resume of a lifetime. Like, oh my god. If you, if you can literally sell rocks, any company will want you in their, uh, their marketing department. Oh my god. That, 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 that shit's just absolutely amazing. Um, Another thing I want to bring up I do not remember this movie and its music. So, without the music in this movie, I don't really think it would have made a difference. It may not have been as hilarious in certain parts. Why did they choose the music they did? It's so completely just disproportionate to what the movie is. Because that was the music that was popular at the time. Yeah, and I I know the, the the director was like a big hip hop fan, especially like nineties hip hop. That wasn't hip hop. That was that was, was that rap. Was, yeah, it was. It was yeah. yeah, like well, I guess gangster rap, but like it would yeah. be R and B. Jesus, no, but, like, that's different. That's rhythm and no. <laughs> but are you kidding me? I'm I'm telling you right now, Ice Cube is rhythm and blues, man. For 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 from my perspective, this movie has like the the music is works perfectly. Yeah, okay, it yeah. does. I'm so, I'm seeing both of you guys fangirl over it. Well, I'm seeing it just inward, inward, inward. While he's just walking down happily, just marching through the office. Like I don't know, man. I was just like kind of like, oh shit. Maybe it's because uh, we grew oh. up with it, like, and I I 
used to, I love that music still. I still listen to it. So it's yeah. I don't know. I, the the worst shit I listened to growing up with the, was Eminem and Akon. So um, yeah, a little bit different. I mean, Eminem's has some fucked up, but only his early stuff. You went, you would have been too young to hear his really no, early I stuff. Didn't, I didn't listen to any of his early Eight Mile shit. But uh, it's weird to say think Eight Mile is early because that's that's his like his later. To me. Yeah, that's yeah. he's got even earlier stuff that's really fucked up that he didn't. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's just grungy. I've I've heard it. I love how we're just getting so unbelievably sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um oh, go ahead. What you have one more thing on here that uh the the Monday thing, the case of the Mondays. I fucking hate that. It's just as soon as they said it, it just gave me like I was just like, no. Because <laughs> if someone said never... that to me, I'd be like, shut up and go away. <laughs> no, like that's what Lauren said. He's like, if someone said that to me, I'd go fucking kick their ass or whatever. It's like Yeah. But I, I distinctly, I'm telling you, I'll ever relate a lot to this movie because of my trauma in the call center, just like the rest of you guys. Oh, so, I, no, I've been on the phone before and have talked, but I, it's after, like, it was on a Monday. And I was extremely tired because, obviously, I drank until 3 a.m. and woke up at, at like, freaking 7.30 for work. I was exhausted. So, what do I get? Oh, you having a case of the Mondays, bro? I just, want, I, I just, I heard that and I immediately got like, I was so mad at that moment. I'm like, oh my god, that pisses me off too. I'm so pissed. It's what are you having a case of the Mondays? I'm gonna have a case of the fist up your ass. Like, no, don't fucking say that to me. Dude, Mondays in a call center suck too because, especially if you're in a specific department that's closed on the weekend, people will hound you. They'll come in and they come in hot. There is not one person that doesn't fucking threaten you, curse at you, or yell at you. You're just hanging up on bitches left and right on a Monday. Oh, but the feeling of empowerment. I feel like Peter when I'm walking, you know, sit, I'm in the call center or whatever, hanging up on a customer. I just feel like doing his thing where I just break shit because I can, you know, whatever. I don't, but, no, yeah, that, I never want to have to deal with it again. I don't, I don't, I don't want to have to sit through a conversation with someone where they're screaming at me because we're they didn't read a fucking about work this time. <laughs> contract. God damn it, we're, we're talking about a movie, not ranting about a call. Look at this. Look what you did, Dan. You know, I have to say, man, every time you bring a movie up, even if it's a really good movie, it always ruins our day in one way or another. <laughs> I, dude, like, I feel like this movie is like, is like, therapeutic in a way. It what is. Do you mean therapeutic? It is it's therapy. It's PTSD for me. <laughs> like, like if you ever just wanted to like if you're ever really pissed off at work watch this movie and it like all those aggressions that you want to do you just watch this movie and you like you put yourself in it and like it, it doesn't fix every problem but it, it makes it feel better for like an hour and a half or whatever so if i like this, this movie this if you can't me, tell, if you watch this movie like you normally watch every other movie to escape your life you'll escape your life for the duration of the movie and make yourself feel better during that time of the movie thanks sean for completely butchering my point john you liked i would like to point this out though you liked the fifth element and that was dan's pick okay that yeah. was the one exception that was the one exception that was that was the i'm telling you that was the one exception because it's the fifth element i mean honestly there's a i i was kind of pissed when uh you guys didn't like my studio ghibli pick but i respected your decision but it's not you, that I... you can't pick you can't pick the fifth element and not expect people to like it or not like it you know because then they just be lying to be a little bit different. Oh, I fucking hey, man, I, I respect you not li liking a Surf Nazis Must Die. I have no, I have no reason to hate you for hating that movie. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, but the mute. Let's get back to point. Let's get back to point. Let's get back to point. So, is there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about? Like anything that you definitely didn't like about the movie? Because I think we've pretty much exhausted almost every point about what we loved about it. One last thing. Um, I just want to be. I just want to be outright. Uh, like, when they're... I know a lot of people that are like Milton in real life. Like, he's a very common type of person. They're not very not very outspoken, Dan-like person. I'm kidding, Dan. Um, the, okay. not, the not very out, outspoken type of person that tends to put up with a lot more shit than they deserve. Um, and it was so gratifying and satisfying at the very end of the movie. Seeing him at the beach, 
still getting bullied, but at least sipping on a martini with a million dollars. Like I felt the exact same way when we, when I, that happened because I was like, honestly, Milton didn't seem like a bad dude. He just seemed like a simple dude. He just wanted to go in. He wanted to do his job. He wanted to get paid for his job, which they kind of which is illegal what they did. But he wanted to get paid for his job. He wanted to do it. He wanted to go home. He didn't want to have his desk moved a million times. He didn't want his stapler that he liked that he purchased on his own to be taken away from him. You know that I feel like those are simple fucking requests, and like people literally would just push push him to the point where he like burned the whole building down. I can't blame him. <laughs> I really cannot blame him. Like. It is the most satisfying thing in the entire world to see that man sitting on the beach, even though he wasn't having it perfect. He had the money and he had a drink. He was on the beach. He should be having a ball and ass time. Still getting bullied. Still getting well, bullied, this, but better this, than the office. This movie is so satisfying. Like, I feel like everything that happens to each character is satisfying to like what they should deserve. What they should deserve. So. When we're when we're talking about complaints about the movie, though, uh, Dan, I want to start with you on this. I feel like it'd be very interesting to see if you have any complaints at all about this movie. Do you have anything that you really dislike on this movie? Uh, just that <laughs> there's there's not more. <laughs> uh, oh my god, you're not I even complaining about the movie. Like, you're just like, oh, it's too short. So I I think just there's just, there's more characters that I feel they're their story doesn't kind of get wrapped up. Uh, one is the uh, Lumberg. You kind of never hear after, hear about him. I after just assumed he died in the fucking fire. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> who, who's the guy that that gets is the paraplegic that gets the million dollars? Well, they kind of wrapped yeah. him up in the middle of the movie, though. Yeah, I guess after his barbecue, like you don't really have. So, like, I guess they, there are so many characters that the ones that got their satisfying ending are great, but I feel like there's more that they could kind of explore. But other than that, I don't really have too many complaints about this movie. Um, I'll, I'll I'll just be outright. Um, I think one of the reasons why I didn't really like this movie as much as I thought I would have, especially with all the memes and stuff, like I grew up in a culture that this movie is basically already ingrained in a, in a lot of uh things that we watched like it's it's been referenced in a lot of movies and when i heard office space i knew exactly what movie it was i knew ex- exactly where it came from all i like when the moment i looked it up just to confirm it i knew exactly what it was right but i have to say there's nothing really memorable about the movie um it's a, it's a it's a good movie and it's outright but it's just another one of those 90s movies you sit down you watch you have a giggle and you forget about it i enjoyed watching it but i didn't really pull anything from it it's just it was just a kind of a funny movie and then that's about it that's that's one of my biggest gripes and that that comes back to how i rate things again personally i rate things on like whether or not i spent my time wisely watching the movie and it was kind of hard to come up with a rating for this one because i enjoyed it a lot but at the same time i didn't really want to fucking watch it. <laughs> so it was really torn. But uh um but that's the biggest gripe is it's it's not memorable. The second one is um especially with all the shit nowadays and what to say and what not to say, uh there was a lot of uh underlying tones that are just not appropriate nowadays. But that's that's again because it's a nineties movie. But I have to disagree with you. It's a memorable movie because there's a million and one fucking memes out there. A million and one memes. Wow. Yeah, like, There's a bunch of memes about the this, new Samsung fucking you, virtual assistant. You remember this movie without even actually remembering watching it. Okay. Well, you know what? The Samsung virtual assistant is now a meme, but is she memorable at all? No, not at all. But anyways, continue. So things that I didn't like, I, I, same thing as Dan. I think mostly it's like the unfinished business. So, like, with Lumberg, he was enough of a staple in the fucking movie that I kind of wanted to see what happened to him afterwards. Like, I know he didn't burn in the building. So, like, how much of a shithole was his life? Because everyone else got their just dues. What happened to him? Yeah, like, what if what if his life was actually terrible? And the only reason he was able to cope with the trauma in his life was just being an ass at work. But no, he just gets fucked every day. <laughs> Comes into work trying to piece his life together. He just gets fucked fucked by every person he talks to and he can't do anything he can't be mean or anything you can only tell him to work i just want to see what happened to him at the end you see what happens to peter and samir and michael and lawrence and joanna 
all of them. I want to and Milton. I want to see what happens to Lumber because he's another one that like you remember from the movie. What the fuck happened to him? Like I, even at the fire, like you see him standing outside. That's it. He ends. Like where I want a wrap up. Where's my wrap up for Lumber? <laughs> okay. Um. To bring up Lumberg again, this is something I completely forgot to bring up before. Uh. Do you guys have you guys ever had a boss like him? I feel like everyone has had a boss like him at one point. Mm, not really. I kind of have. I worked at a uh, I worked at a cell phone like sales store, and the dude was exactly like him. Like just his general attitude and work, and how he treated the people that he was around. He was exactly like him. Just fucking nitpicky. Yeah, I, I, I had a Lumberg in my life. Uh, I, <laughs> I had a Lumberg in my life. Oh, God, I love that. It was when I worked for a, like, pet clothing store that's, like, throughout Philadelphia. But he was, like, the, the regional manager, and he would watch the security cameras of all the employees. And randomly throughout the day, he would you would get a call when there's, like, no one else in the store. is like, hey, why aren't you uh, folding clothes or, like, making sure there's no dust on the on the shelves? Yeah, I've, we've we've all had a Lumberg in our life. Just overly nitpicky. Yeah. So I guess we're going just nitpicky. Like, cause I would say Lumberg is pretty even-tempered for the most part. That's the reason why I'm like, no. Because the one person who was neat, nitpicky was not even-tempered. She was kind of a cunt. I'm going to be honest with you. She had a heart. She had, like, mental breakdowns regularly. And then she would schedule me when, like too much like she knew i had school i was only supposed to work like 30 hours a week and she would give me almost 40 and then i would get no fucking like full-time benefits so like that was her but she was nitpicky as shit too if i wasn't doing things exactly the way she liked it i was like why the fuck are you scheduling me so much then because i i have fucking school (laughs) nadine i fucking love you why i love how you bring your trauma into uh into the into our podcast and we all just are like yeah i totally relate to that I don't think that's <laughs> trauma. That's just a shitty boss. It's called trauma. Yeah. It is. It's it's a traumatic experience to be with a shitty boss, and we all know it. Hence why shitty boss. Lumberg is so important in this movie. Yeah, I mean, we we get to see his Porsche uh, destroyed, but other than that, there's nothing that like that poor fucking Porsche. Why well, want to see his wrap up? Where's the bitches wrap up? That's all I want. That Porsche literally did nothing wrong. They fucked it. Like you it definitely know that was a, like a legitimate Porsche. Wrong. It was Lumberg that they did something wrong. Had the rear end ripped off. <laughs> And, dude, you could see, like, like the actor there was just so confused. Like, if we were actually supposed to do this, as it literally ripped off the bumper. Like, it was just like, uh... Which, ironically, worked well for the scene, but, like, dude, that poor fucking Porsche. So we have Surf Nazis Must Die, we have Fifth Element, and now we have Lumberg. All right, All right. three iconic movies given by Dan. We had, we had another one, it was Big Fish. Dan got Big Fish as well. What one was that one? one with the fish and the dad and son and the giant i think i was the only one that really liked that one yeah oh oh that one sorry sorry and predator (laughs) i love how we just forget dan's movies i think i have the greatest movies ever so okay just by by your reference picks like you're like oh yeah this is such a good movie and i watch it like what's wrong with you we're like oh i chose this movie because it looked sounded cool (laughs) And then we watch something like Surf Nazis Must Die. At least this time, I will give you props. Office Space is a good movie. I will give you props. So we're going to go to the next section now. <laughs> so do you guys think this is a cult classic or not? Yeah, it is. It's, it's a cult classic. Duh. Like, this yeah. is, like, honestly, if you, if you had a cult classic definition, I'm pretty sure this would be in there. Fuck it. They even put definitions from this movie inside of the dictionary. I'm not even sure if that means it's not... Like, come on. It's such a cult classic that even the dictionary recognizes it as one. <laughs> yes, yes. This is a cult classic. It's it's not just a cult <laughs> movie. It's it's a classic right. in the fact that it's, like, been woven into, like, just everyday American work culture. It, it's a cult classic. I wonder if you show this to foreigners, they're going to be like, what is, you know, what is a... What is American work like? You show this movie, they're probably like, "What is wrong with you people?" <laughs> the funny thing is, it's it's not that far off. It's not like you don't know if the one, if like the you know the school shooter kid grew up and decided to work in an office, decides to it's burn really the not. fucking place down. Like you don't know, so it might be a hundred percent true. Also, that was really dark. Anyways, Nadine, do you think it's a cult classic? 
of fucking course. That's not even a question at this point. <laughs> it's a fucking cult classic. Come on now. This movie is great. It has a million and one memes. People remember it. John thinks it's fucking forgettable, but clearly he's wrong. Um, <laughs> it's hilarious. But I also, you know, to be honest, I forgot your birthday, even though you said it a little bit earlier. So everything's forgettable to me. That's fair. John doesn't remember anything. If it if it matters to me, I remember it. If it doesn't, I forget it. So yeah, that's why you don't matter to me, Nadine. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's, that's hurtful because this is my birthday month, John. I mean, I, I know it is. <laughs> that's why I said it. Let's rate the movie, Dan. I dude, the I will. This is gonna be my first head. Uh, oh my god, here he goes again. To me, this movie just like I will like think of it randomly throughout the the week because like of something that happens at work or just in like regular life and talk to my friends this movie like I, whenever it's on i watch it this is a perfect 10 movie for me because like it i couldn't change anything about it it is i, just, I will 100 percent agree with you i personally would not change a damn thing about yeah this it's to me it's like a cathartic movie to watch if you're like down or like kind of like feeling like work is getting shitty you can Let watch me google it's just like cathartic providing psychological relief through the opening okay wow yeah i like that word go ahead dan thanks sean but yeah this 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 this, this is a perfect movie for me it's uh it's what it is it's it's a staple in my movie watching experience and uh, it's, it's a tent for me uh, Nadine, I want to be last. All right. Um, it's between the seven and eight for me. I would say it's like a seven and a half, because this movie is like, it's it's fucking hilarious. It's definitely relatable. Like when you're at work, you'll have something that happened, and you'll be like, okay, that's just like fucking office space. Like I watched this movie, and I was like, okay, this is just like working in a fucking call center. I don't know <laughs> how anybody else feels about working in a call center. But you have, like, you make one mistake, you have more than one person who comes up to you to tell you that you fucked up, even your fucking coworkers. You, you have, you know, a boss that's probably always going to be on your butt because they kind of have to be. It's just a droning on every day. You're stuck inside a cubicle. You have to hear people fucking complaining all day and you don't want to. And one person you work with always has fucking anger issues. One person. I'm torn. To be honest, like... My original rating system is based on how much this movie, you know, inspires me or how much, you know, I relate to this movie. And I'll be completely honest, the movie is not the best movie I've ever seen. It never will be. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a funny movie, you know, um, but there's not really a lot of inspiration I could pull for this movie. But I relate to the damn movie a little bit too much for comfort. And it was kind of funny. So, just to make it plain and simple, Nadine, you are now the lowest rating on the list. I'm going to go an 8.5. Wow. No shit. It is a, I'm actually shocked. This is, a, this is a good movie. I actually kind of enjoyed it, and I was kind of scared when I originally watched it because I didn't like The Office. I really didn't. I don't I like The Office either. That's, that's just, I, thought was, I thought this was going to be cringe humor, to be honest. Yeah. But, yeah, there were some cringy moments, but none of them was really... It wasn't weird science cringy, you know. It 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 did. It actually had like a legitimate, like, kind of funny story a little bit. But it wasn't even a story per se. It was just the trauma of individuals in a in a work center bullying the fuck out of their boss and ruining the company. Like, isn't that what everyone dreams of doing? This inspired me to burn my building down. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) But, But. But no, I, I am giving it an 8.5. It's a funny movie. Um, I may actually watch it again, uh, like if I have the time and I actually dedicate to it. But um, I was torn. I was really torn on that. I was originally going to give it like a 5 or a 4, but I watched it again before we uh, started the podcast. And to be honest, it has more effect the more times you watch it. And then I took that into account. So it's an 8.5. I'm actually surprised about that because I thought that you were going to be the lowest and then I would be like the second highest and mine would be a disappointing score to Dan. I think that's usually how it is. It's either it's Dan votes the highest or gives it such a shockingly low rating. You want to beat him, you know? 
Okay. <laughs> How dare you just like ever done that movie? <laughs> so, so I thought, John, you would either love this movie or hate it, and you kind of did something. You kind of did something in between. So uh, you were right. You were right. Yeah. You were right. Um, it's a love or hate. But to be honest, I love more what I see about this movie than hate it. And it, to be honest, it, if if I take it as cold hard value, it is probably should be rated a little bit higher. But I'm taking it a peg down simply because eh, no, eh, it's, it's, it's not fit. You down. don't like comedies, and the fact that you give it an 8.5, I'm, I'm kind of... I don't like comedies, even though all of my fucking comedy ones are, high, are rated the highest. What comedy ones? See, like, I'm, I'm bringing, bringing I don't think he's picked one fucking comedy movie yet. Uh, what about you? Like, Dan, I don't think he's picked one comedy yet. Does he? No, I haven't. I've always picked the, the movies I know I might enjoy or something I've watched before or something I know. Requiem for a Dream is, is not a comedy, but it is something I know. <laughs> let's get to the, let's get to the what, what would you recommend? I'll start. Would I recommend this movie? Yes. I think this is like a a staple in cinematic viewership of what you should just watch as a, a movie, as a comedy. Just just go ahead and watch this movie. Um, I will follow up on that. Yeah, definitely. Would I need to, though? Probably not, because if you haven't seen this movie, then, you know, I feel like you're just, you're joking. Like, if you haven't at least heard a reference <laughs> to this movie at one point in your life, then you know you're just you're you're not just missing out. I think you may just be like a little bit lost. Yeah, like just just fucking watch the movie. It isn't that big of a deal. It's it's one of the shorter movies, which I do appreciate, of the ones that we've watched. And an hour and thirty minutes. Yeah, it's worth it. It's not weird science. All right. Uh, obviously, I would say yes. This movie is fucking funny. I would recommend it to anyone who wants to fucking actually laugh. This is hilarious. So, so you're telling me we all rated it good. We all um, wanted to, we all think it's a cult classic and we all would recommend it. So this is the first movie out of every single one we've done where it's completely positive for all of us. So, uh, Solaris, Solaris, we did all positive. Yeah, so everyone recommended it. Everyone had it like as, uh, I actually read, uh, you voted that less than I did this movie. John, you put Solaris as a seven though. So like if we're based off that, this is probably one of the highest ones we've had so far. Um, for the fifth element, I did a seven. Uh, Dan was a, uh, you were a ten, Dan was a nine. This is Dan's first ten. I haven't had my ten yet. And I think everyone recommended the fifth element. Yeah, everyone picked, recommended for them. All right, let's fucking close this out. We've been BSing for 15 minutes. So if you guys have any movie recommendations or want to talk about movies with us, you can find us on Facebook through our private group, uh, Snazzy Podcast. Snazzy is S-N-A-S-Y. It's a private group. Um, So if you have any issues about finding it, you can always email it at she'snotaslutyet at gmail.com. Or you can come find us on our Instagram at Snazzy Podcast. Uh, Again, Snazzy is S-N-A-S-Y. If you guys like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe. It actually does really help us get out there and have more people find us. Um, it'd be really great to have uh, viewers that like interact with us so we can email back and forth and have a bigger Facebook group. Um, and just as a heads up, we will be reviewing John's pick, Fantastic Planet, released in 1973 next week. So make sure to tune in again. Bye! See ya. Bye, guys.